Spencer Sue here, your tech realtor of the Bay Area. And today I want to go over the process of how people buy a home here in the Bay Area. Whether you're a first time buyer, the process may seem very daunting. Or if you had bought five homes already in the Bay Area, I think you're going to learn a lot of the things that I do personally as to how I help every individual buyer buy for a specific home as a strategy will be different for every property. There are seven key steps. So while the process of home ownership may be scary, especially for higher price points here in the Bay Area, just know that there are seven key steps to follow through to help you go from an idea of home ownership to actually getting your keys and living in a home that is yours. Step number one is not about real estate. It's not about lending either. It's about motivation. Why are you buying a home to begin with? Several of the common reasons would be one, they don't want to waste money giving it to some landlord that's paying for their mortgage. Two, it could be stability. You having the ability to do whatever you want with that property without reporting to others. Three, it could be a lifestyle change, right? It could be a combination of better school district you're moving to. It could be closer to work. It could be uh, you just want a bigger house. So for example, if you have kids, now you your studio or your one bedroom may not work anymore. You want an extra bedroom. So those are the main reasons uh, that are common in terms of why people are motivated to either buy a home or buy a bigger home. So you always want to think about that first. And the reason for that is because the journey may be long and it's not because of myself as an agent and may not be because of you. It could be just purely because of what is available on the market. So don't be surprised and don't be discouraged if the process may take longer than you may think, um, just because there is very little out there to choose from. So you always want to go back to why am I even looking to begin with, right? Has that changed? If things have changed and the motivation has changed, you need to reassess what you're doing completely and, and, and really save time. So for example, if you are six months out or a year out for various reasons, just take a break right now. You don't need to look right now. Look then because that environment and that scenario of where prices are, where loan products are, may be very different than what it is today. So it's very important to understand your motivation and the why now versus why later. So that's step number one. Step number two, still not real estate. It's about knowing your own options and from a financing perspective. If you plan to buy it all cash, that's fantastic. But if you're not, like a majority of people, then there is a loan process and you want to be able to see what you can get approved for. You want to do this first because here in the Bay Area, based off of uh, price, based off of what kind of home you want, for example, a single family home, three bedroom or a condo, you're going to be positioned in different cities and different areas in the Bay Area. And so you want to know these figures. It doesn't mean you should or want to go to that maximum loan amount, but you'll at least know what the ceiling is. And then you can have your search underneath and say, hey, look, well, let's say you get qualified for a million. Are, well, prices at 800,000 work for me, right? That's your personal decision to make, but at least you know your maximum. And then you can start seeing the different categories because that jump can lead you from different cities to cities and a completely different type of house. So you want to do that first. And there are several things that the lender will also help you with. Is there any impacts from your credit score? Should you wait or should you 
um, move forward based off of what credit you have. Uh, they'll look at your income and also stock compensation. The benefit of living in the valley is that most companies issue RSUs and issue stocks. That is a competitive advantage to have. And so a lender needs to know that to give you a better overall compensation uh, figure to be able to see what you can qualify for, right? And then there's also other components in terms of, are there any other debt that you have? Student loan debt, car payments, credit card debt, so on and so forth. So it's always a very good conversation because you want to do that first. The other reason why you want to do that beforehand is the last thing you want to do is, hey, look, you assume you can qualify for $1 million, whatever number it is. And you go down the process, okay? I'm gonna look at homes under a million. You have you spend all this time and energy, and then you find a home that you like, and then you try to get pre-approved and try to talk to a lender. And what if the lender told you something different? Now you you only qualify for eight hundred thousand. It's not just a, a waste of time for that one property, but it was a waste of time for that entire search process that you just had. So this is why it's super critical. And and remember. A realtor like myself and also lenders, we're not the IRS. We're not trying to poke you on different things. We're trying to help you. And this is the best way of doing so from a process perspective. So that's number two related to the loan side. Number three, now we begin this, this the discovery of homes, right? As I mentioned, based off of the loan amount and based off of what you want to buy up to, you're automatically going to be positioned in different uh, geographies. And then it's up to you to determine, well, do I want to, you know, buy, let's say, a, a condo in the peninsula uh, for 800000 Or do I want to buy a single family home in the East Bay? Well, those are your decisions to make. The environments are completely different. Um, the, the things to do around there are different. Um, the average price points are completely different. But that's a personal decision to make. There's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever you are okay with and you're comfortable with, right? So that is the second step is the discovery and the research aspect. That's where you can go look at homes. You can see the conditions of those homes being sold at that price point. You can see kind of the general areas that you where you can live. I will personally help you with, with that, but you can also see it on different sites that I, I use, that my clients use. So you can start the discovery of homes. Once you do that, then we move on to step number four. It's really checking out homes, right? So. You want to start looking at homes and starting to get a feel like, would I, can I see myself living here? Am I comfortable with, with this home? And that, that's done in a variety of different ways, especially during COVID right now, where most of the things are going to be done virtually. So you want to do as much research as you can. So you look at photos, hopefully there's a video tour, hopefully there's also a 3D Matterport set up by the listing agent. So you can at least get a, a full view. The other things that I told my clients to do is also I will send you comparables so you can see uh, what that what the home will likely sell for based off of what else has sold over the last several months in that area. So you can have an, an idea like is this artificially priced low or is it priced high or is it priced about right beforehand? And then you can also review and look at all the disclosures. The process is a little bit different these days because I want to ultimately limit uh, your exposure to uh, any uh, any possible health concerns, right? So all of my clients these days, the process is different now where we do as much research as we can. And until you're at that point, there's you, you want to go see the property. You really want to see that property to see if you're going to be making an offer or not. Um, that way you limit how many properties that you go to given these situations, these circumstances. 
Prior to this, I would tell them, go look at as many open houses that you, you would like because you could, you could go on the weekends. It's free to go. There's no one that will bother you. I can take you there. But because of this, the health concerns right now, we want to limit the exposure that you'll have. So we want to do as much pre-work as possible and then go see it and use that as uh, a final decision. It doesn't mean you need to make an offer on it, but as you can see, the process has shifted um, given the times that we're in. So that was a number four of checking out houses. The number five is about what do you do about that house if you like it and want to move forward with it? And that, that comes with the offer situation, right? There are several components that I use for all of my clients. Uh, number one is comparables. You will personally see working with me a spreadsheet of a breakdown of all the different homes that have sold in that area, along with the conditions and the price per square foot. So you can determine how that relates or compares to the home that you have. Number two, you also see the general trends of a market. I will show you, are things going up? Are things going down? Are things flat? And I'll give you my insights as well, since I make offers every single week. So I know what are what is happening before the data will actually show it. So that's number two. Number three, on the disclosures, you will read all the disclosures. A disclosure is a set of documents that a seller would, will fill out as everything that they have done with the property. And there's also several third-party reports like inspection reports, potential HOA documents, um, termite reports, roof inspections, potentially foundation reports. So you will review all of that and I will review it. And then we would connect and see if there's anything there that you should be concerned with or that may add to the value of a home certain things that may add values like a purchase solar uh, equipment. That's a, that's a valuable ad for a lot of people. So you'll look at that. Number, number four, you also look at competition, right? Your game plan and your strategy will be very different if you're the only person buying versus competing against five other people. So that is something to factor in of how aggressive you are because it's all a probability of winning a property. And then the, the fifth thing that's also very important is related to how much you like that property. Some people absolutely love properties. So just know you may go on the higher range of what it could go for, knowing what comps are. Uh, that's entirely up to you, right? Some say, you know, I'm, I would love to live in it, but I don't, I don't absolutely love it per se. Um, then you may be a little bit more conservative. So that may impact where you are on that spectrum. And that's your decision to make. And that is very subjective. So those are some of the things from a price perspective. And then the rest will be related to the terms. Um, do you need contingencies in place? I will work with you on your scenario, whether those are needed uh, and whether I feel it makes sense to also have it. But that will be a joint decision. But ultimately, you as a client will decide uh, what contingencies, if any, will be on any of the properties and how that impacts the strength of your offer going back to the competition. As you can see, there are several different variables and components of it. Uh, number six, just so I'm on track, is related to getting into contracts. So if you're fortunate and uh, get to get your offer accepted, congratulations. That's just the beginning of uh, trying to get this contract closed in time. It's not, you should celebrate on one end, but the journey is also just beginning um, on the other end. So during this time, several things happened. One, you'll immediately need to wire your earnest money down. So earnest money typically is 3% here in the area and usually wire within one to three business days. 
depending on what you have on the contract. And the reason why you want to have this in is because it, it ultimately shows that you have skin in the game of moving forward to close the contract. All right, so that's typically wired very quickly, uh, one to three business days to an escrow company, which will be a third party intermediary that will facilitate um, the title and also facilitate the transaction goes through uh, on time and all the checks are balanced. So that's what happened uh, usually within, like I mentioned, one to three days, business days. The next thing that's happened, actually most of it's gonna be related to myself as an agent to take care of, along with the loan officer. So the next milestone would be getting an appraisal report. This is a report that is ordered by the lender to get a uh, third-party company to go out and appraise and give a value of what they feel the home is. They will look at the same data that we use, so you shouldn't have too many surprises. Um, so they'll have the same information that you, you'll have, and they're going to come up with a number themselves. Based off of that number, that is what the loan or the lender will be able to give you a loan for as what it's appraised for. We can talk about kind of the ways and, the, and some of the things that I do to help uh, try to get it at the number that you get it purchased at. But also at the same time, these are things that would have been discussed prior to you making an offer of the likelihood of it get appraised at what you at what you've submitted an offer for. So once that's done, there's a lot of other things that you can also do in the background of getting things prepped. For example, you can start choosing your homeowner's insurance. You can start getting your utilities transferred uh, when it's at the close of escrow. So once the, the house is, is going to close. So those are some of the things that you can do. Don't make too many large, uh, not, uh, correct that. Don't make any large purchases, period, unless you run it by the lender first. So don't go shopping and don't go buy new furniture just yet. You want to make sure there's no movement of your credit. So no new credit cards, no new points, um, no movement of money, right? Anything that you want to do, uh, confirm it with your lender. Give them the heads up, see if that's okay, and they will tell you yes or no. But for the most part, you want to do really nothing from that perspective, unless you get the, get the thumbs up. So during this time, the lender and myself are ultimately working on getting your loan in place. Uh, several days before the close of escrow is when you will get, um, you have the opportunity to do a final buyer walkthrough. That's to basically verify that the property is what it looked like before. There's nothing major that, you know, random holes in the wall all of a sudden, nothing major there. Uh, number two, you're gonna go through and do a lot of physical signings uh, of paperwork with the title company. Uh, today, at this time, there are plenty of mobile notaries that are working. They'll come to you. You would have your fingerprint uh, done along with physically signing a lot of paperwork for the transfer of the property to you along with all sorts of loan documents. So those are the things to expect uh, during the um, escrow and once you're in contract. How long does that usually take? Right now, it's probably safe to say you'll put 30 days of close of escrow. So once you get your offer accepted, 30 days from that point starts ticking uh, and then you have 30 days to close the contract. There is also a separate uh, addendum these days, which is a COVID addendum. There may be delays for various reasons. It could be uh, lenders get really busy, some other services are hampered. There is a separate addendum and there's specific things that you would do just like how you negotiate the terms of a contract that you would also have there 
that can um, give you an extra time if need be. Uh, if for whatever reason, there's delays outside of your control, my control, uh, that is outside anybody's control. So those are those are those are the things. And then uh, number seven, which is the final step, is the close of escrow. So several things happen. One is we'll meet typically at the house. Uh, I will give you the key, and then you ultimately are a homeowner. So congratulations, you went through the whole process. As you can see, it's a seven-step process. Um, high level may seem daunting, but if you follow the appropriate steps, uh, it's not very difficult, especially uh, having gone through this many times with so many clients. And for me, something that also happens at the end of step seven, uh, the process does not end with me for, from that perspective. You know, I appreciate my clients. I appreciate them for life. So I will I will have uh, at the very least two events a year where uh, my previous clients will all get to get get together for a party, get to meet one another. I feel a big aspect of this is about the networking and the ability to help each other, especially since so many people, especially my clients are doing very interesting things at fantastic companies. They should at the very least get to know each other, meet new people. Um, and also celebrate. So there'll be different things that we'll do for different events. Um, so you'll become a client for life uh, with me. And that's a, a long value, a big value add that, uh, that doesn't just stop once you buy a house. So I hope this was helpful. Uh, this was a seven step by step process. It gives you all the frameworks that I use. Of course, you're not expected to memorize it all, nor expected to be a master of it. It's not possible. That's why there's individuals like myself that will help you every step of the way, as there are always things that can be changed and things that can be improved along each of the process and also things that may be custom for you as a, as a, as a client. So every situation is a little bit different. But I hope this gives you the high-level framework. Of course, you can reach out to me at, at any time. Things are still moving here in the Bay Area. Nothing has stopped. I still have listings coming up. I still have many buyers actively looking. So make no mistake, things are still moving along. Any questions, feel free to send me a text or give me a call, 408-223-5493, or send me an uh, email, spencer at spencersue.com. Always happy to help you. If you're five years out, we can talk. If you're ready to go now, perfect. Um, there's no too early, too late. It's whatever you feel you're the most comfortable. All right. Have a good week.